Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Morning, Nat. Morning, Sandy. (laughs) You sound sleepy. Yeah, I had like, um, I don't know, like I was just fairly awake yesterday, which I think is the opposite because yesterday was daylight. Well, Saturday night, we're recording this on a Monday morning. Saturday night was the daylight savings. Sunday morning was awesome because I don't have kids and I don't have to deal with that shit. Like I know for parents, daylight savings is hell. I think the other one in the spring is worse, but. Yeah. Um, I just like woke up. Yeah, ref- it was awesome. Yeah, like I was super yeah. refreshed early. And Me too, yeah. was just like had breakfast and got so much stuff done before like 8 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. like, this is great. <laughs> and then today? Um, well, then I should have been tired earlier last night though, right? Uh, yeah, technically. Yeah, I but I wasn't. I was just super awake. I don't know why. Maybe you just did too much. I don't know. This is too exciting of a day. <laughs> The things you get excited about in your thirties. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do to um, make us excited? Well, we went and looked at a house. <gasps> oh, that's exciting! That was yeah, exciting. That's it, exciting. It was borderline falling down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, it, I don't know. Like it's a hundred-year-old house. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It has pretty. Yeah. It has. It does have good bones in the walls, but there was like holes in the walls and. Nice. Oh man! Yeah. But it had had already two offers within 48 mm. hours and we're just like we're not we're not I'm not competing for that shit and it was like a total yeah three-story renovation situation so but anyways it just got us thinking it was interesting and I don't know mm. we just had a big cleanup day but the day before oh. that we were out on the coast hiking and that was like the best day ever oh amazing yeah, yeah isn't it just mm-hmm. being outdoors for like hours on hours is the best yeah I and I always it. think of you out there I'm like Sandy has Aww. to like <laughs> We'll have like a bring Sandy out to the coast fund. <laughs> like a Kickstarter for Sandy's sanity. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really nice. Um, last week was a hard week for us, me and Paul. It was like raining for, I don't know, like four days in a row. And the sun just wouldn't like break the clouds and it would just like get lighter, but then go back to dark. So a day was just you know, you'd never see the sun. It was like a little bit lighter and then just straight back into the darkness. Mm. Um, so yeah, both he and I were really feeling it and work was um, uh, picking up for both he and I. And so um, I think we were just like, we were like comparing how our brains felt um, last week versus um, a few weeks before when we were hiking in Quebec City and all the Laurentian Mountains out there. And we're just like, oh my goodness, like even just thinking back about, about like, like the speed of your thoughts and the content of your thoughts and the urgency um, of even just like your thought process is so different when you're out in nature. Um, the city just does something, you know, work and city and I don't know, gray skies. They just do things to you. Yeah, it's I don't know, like you're thinking about your to-do list, your day-to-day, like 
you're facing all that shit constantly and you go to nature and you're just totally away from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's like that remove. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's also like the immediacy of like the nature, like there's the different smells that your brain is trying to figure out. Probably there's the different sights, you know, and like your eyes get this break, your, your body gets this break. Um, and out there, like our main thought was like, what are we going to eat? And (laughs) what are we going to hike next? You know, like that, that was like our goals. So refreshing. Yeah. I think everyone, yeah, we need that break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm glad you had a good weekend. It sounded lovely. Um, and I saw some of your pictures on Insta, which mm-hmm. looked lovely. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into some yoga? Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> what are we talking about? We are going to talk about um, up dog. Upward up facing dog. dog. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Up dog. Break yeah. it down. Do you like it? I do like it. Um, I have. It's taken me a while. Oh, I always talk about my lack of core strength earlier in my practice. So to find that awareness in my core and then to not just bend straight in my lower back. Mm, yeah. yeah. But but I do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good mm. pose, eh? Yeah. And it's like, it's a pose that we don't really hold in the vinyasa practice. Like we hold the down dog for five breaths or whatever and up dog is just like the inhale it's not even like an inhale and exhale it's just an, just the time of an inhale <laughs> yeah oh there's yeah. so many questions i have right now because we decided to do this kind of last minute so this will be a good talk we'll we'll break it down a little bit and then i have i have so many questions about your you opinion on it yeah oh okay okay so let's just let's just talk about the form so what's it look like it's uh so it's a back bend it's a yeah it's pretty <laughs> damn it's pretty big it's pretty big oh you just went i just couldn't hear you for a moment that maybe that will happen in this podcast i got a notification on my computer saying your wi-fi was not good which is crap Uh because i just like upgraded it but anyways if i am saying weird things in this podcast because i can't hear you i could just hear you then (laughs) anyways (laughs) okay moving onward no worries it's a back bend um your feet the tops of your feet are on the floor your palms are down your front of your chest is pretty much vertical and you're looking forward. Maybe you're looking upward depending on the the form that you're doing. That's something I would like to discuss with you also. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're bending in your back, hopefully not all your lumbar spine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about alignment where, so you're on the tops of your feet. Where are your Mm -hmm. hands? Hands ideally straight under your shoulders so like a vertical arm yeah are are your elbows straight straight yes um i (laughs) i work more to have more engagement in my upper arms now in this pose that i have built strength and i don't need to just lock out my elbows in order to lift myself Mm -hmm. so whether you have like um I, w- I certainly wouldn't cue to like a locked elbow or anything like that. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, as for hips and thighs, and like are your legs on the ground or off the ground? Legs off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's the, there's a, quite a bit of pressure on the tops of the feet because the only parts that are touching the ground are two hands and two tops of the feet. Mm-hmm. Everything else in like the ideal up dog should be up and away. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that covers it. Like that's a general form of mm-hmm. updog. Uh how do you generally like to practice this? 
Well, I practice it after. Actually, I'm probably different than a lot of people. I will practice it after I go down to my belly. So once I get into a practice and I'm warmed up in our like sun salutations, people are going to chaturanga and then up dog and then down dog. Um, but earlier in the practice, if I want to do an up dog and I'm not ready for chaturanga, my shoulders are warmed up and I don't want to just throw myself into it or I'll do chaturanga for my knees, but I will go down to my belly and then flip my feet. So the tops of my feet are down and then I'll squeeze my legs tight, draw my core in and I'll go into up dog right from the ground, which Mm. I think is something that's rare, but important because a lot of people want to do up dog and then they think they have to do chaturanga beforehand really is not the case. Mm, yeah, it is a pose on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think it's, I don't know, I see it quite often because so like the proper ashtanga, like correct and lots of air quotes, incorrect. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're like supposed to hover in your chaturanga. So um your chest isn't touching, your legs aren't touching except for the balls of your feet. And then you scoot forward and you flip both feet at the same time um, so that you're on the tops of the feet. And then you lift up to up dog, pulling your shoulders back. And then you go back to down dog. Um, And like, it's supposed to be like this hovery thing where your body doesn't touch the ground. um, And you're just like hover chaturanga, hover up dog, um, and then down dog. but I think in, in a lot of scenarios, that's not appropriate for people, especially like when you first go to learn it and you don't have that kind of body awareness. It's it's a really tough one. Um, and even when I used to practice Ashtanga, I think I'd like knock out one or two of those and I'd be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can do that. It's tiring. It's like to do that with a lot of awareness and like um, really t- pulling in the core. It's, it's really tiring. <laughs> Conserve my energy. Yeah. yeah so I would lay down. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, that's really good. I I found it like it took such a long time in my practice to find the right length of stance. And I think a lot of people struggle with this, um, even in down dog, like the length of your stance mm, and then moving yeah. into plank, the length of your stance. Down dog can be taught very different ways in stance yeah. lengths. And yeah. that's fine, different, different reasons. Um, yeah. But then going into that transition of plank and finding a long enough stance to be able to go down to chaturanga or to your belly. And then, well, especially from chaturanga, kind of the roll over the toes. Mm -hmm. So I'd find that if I roll over my toes, my stance is too short, then my hands are too close to my feet and I need to have a a, more of a bend in my back. And it's just like, boom, right in my lumbar spine, which it can do, but it feels a little compressy. And I know that's like, if that's where I can bend, I don't need to practice bending there more. Um, And it's the hardest for me to engage my, my lower abdominals, my lower rectus abdominis for sure. Um, So it's just, it's kind of not like a beneficial thing. So working on that length of your stance, if you're finding up dog, like really crunchy in your lower back and like you can't Mm. contain your abs and your hips are just kind of swinging in the wind like towards the ground yeah yeah then a longer plank which will which will you'll need to to use your core more yeah there's a a little i don't know if you've ever seen it but there's like some people do like a little scoot back from chaturanga so like you're in your chaturanga and then keep your arms basically the same but you just press back through the heels so that when you scoop forward into up dog there's like that extra little inch 
um, so that your up dog isn't too short. Okay, you press back through your heels, but do your feet move? Because you still have to... Yeah, yeah. So okay. there's like a little scoot of the, the heels back, um, like maybe just by one or two inches, if anything. And then you, you come to the tops of your feet because it's really about the, the displacement of the one foot's length or like your top of the foot's length, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, from up dog to down dog. Um, because, yeah, I, I find also most people are able to roll from up dog to down dog. Mm-hmm. Less people are able to roll the feet from chaturanga to up dog. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, yeah. Go on. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think maybe one of the problems is in chaturanga, like the cueing of the 90 degree elbow and having your forearms kind of perpendicular to the floor. I I think for, for loading, for stacking your joints, I think I see it more and more in different teachers, moving your hands forward more and not having that 90 degree elbow. Because mm, yeah, yeah, then yeah. your hands yeah. are going to be more forward and you're going to get that distance that you need. I don't even think I roll uh, over my toes right now going chaturanga to up dog. Mm. I just like one at a time flip them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't hurt your ankles or it doesn't hurt your knees. Um, Yeah, but yeah, like the correct way is supposed to be both Mm -hmm. at the same time. It's so silly. Yeah. Correctness is so silly. Like who determined correctness? Well, yeah, it's just like the way one person did it and said that's the way to do it. So I do like if I, especially if I know my stance is not not long enough I flip my toes but I usually do that mm. and then I'll notice if I'm always untucking the right and then the left first because that yeah, yeah, little yeah. like habitual thing yeah that patterning um is good to undo and do the other way and the same with like going up dog to down dog because I do the same thing there oh okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah so I un- yeah. untuck so then I notice if I yeah. do one side and then the other and then it's really weird when you're it's really just like all in your head but you're you'll be like moving and you're like okay do the left first and it takes so much mental strength it's crazy you like yeah, but don't yeah. trust that you can do it you think you're gonna bail yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. like it's just like you're yeah. very patterned in doing it one way and then it's like yeah oh, yeah, yeah yeah just pull your foot up off the ground you can do it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i find it really um, hilarious when i try and do that stuff it's like one of those like more brain things than anything you know it's like more of a neuro neuro thing than anything else um just breaking a pattern but that's a lot of what yoga like at least the philosophy (laughs) talks about right the talk um what about the stilling of the fluctuations of the mind and Mm -hmm. patterning and looking for patterns and yeah all that kind of good good philosophical stuff which definitely comes into physical practice for sure um yeah and that's okay we'll just like i'm just gonna say quickly that's why it's kind of ironic where you have a lot of people saying like this is the way you do a pose right yeah if you don't do it any other way then you just get stuck in a pattern again yeah you've reinforced (laughs) another pattern yeah that's now going to be like imprint on your mind yeah it's interesting um i was just gonna say that like yeah the distance of so okay in my opinion the distance of down dog I'm okay with that shifting around. I think it's like if you take a shorter down dog, you can sometimes get into your calves. And then if you take a longer down dog, you get into your like calves a different way. Um, so I'm I'm okay with a down dog distance shifting around. I know that there's like the correct distance, um, but I'm actually like like 
I'm okay with it moving. I'm okay with wider feet. I'm okay with feet closer together. I think it's like a benefit for your calves in all of those directions and all of those like variations. Um, but when it comes to up dog, I, I think I have to agree. I think you should stick with the distance that you can feel your core still um, and you can comfortably bear the weight into your hands without over... Because if your shoulders are in front of your wrists, um, that just... I mean, it's not like in and of itself, it's not a bad thing, but with the weight bearing and with repetition, it might start to become um, a, a spot of injury and compression. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Same with down yeah. dog. Down dog is great pose for mixing it up. Um yeah, and I agree with up dog 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's just because of like the, the shoulders and like up dog is like that back bend. And we, we do want to be a little bit careful, a little bit thoughtful of the of that kind of back bend that's repeated a lot in, in a vinyasa practice. Um, so, okay, so you mentioned the wrist position in chaturanga. And we're not supposed to talk about chaturanga, but it always comes up. Um, so what about the wrist position in up dog like how would you do you move them or do you like do I move do I move my wrists in the pose yeah like do you adjust like so let's say okay so you did chaturanga and now you're on your belly Mm -hmm. and you're gonna set up for up dog how how do you set it up chaturanga to my belly oh man it's hard to even think about because I just do it yeah and tuck my toes I push the tops of my feet down I lift up through my hips. Quads are tight. <laughs> I'm like really just like trying to without I'm very close to just lying on the floor right now and doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Giving it a go. See how it feels. <laughs> um I'm trying to think. Like I I grab a lot with my hands. It's not mm. just pushing through <clears throat> excuse me. It's not just pushing through the bones because it's very easy to just push through the heel of your hand and stack mm-hmm. your bones and you'll get a lot of lift that way. I like to claw the ground, um, use my whole hand so that I find when I'm using the strength of my whole hand, my forearm is engaged, my upper arm, even into my upper back, Mm. instead of just like using the minimal muscles to stack your bones and get up. So I am pulling my chest forward. Yeah. At the same time, trying to tuck my lower ribs into my body a little bit. I'm thinking of my wrists as I go here, just wait. (laughs) Okay, okay. And then, but yeah, so it's a really engaged wrist. Like the muscles of my wrist and, and hand, forearm are really engaged. Um, and I'm pulling my chest more forward and up. Sorry if my voice is going around away from my mic. <laughs> You're like, like you're ah. trying to find it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, my wrists are vertical once I get all the way up. Does that make sense? Your, your wrists are vertical. Like your, your, um, your forearms yeah. are vertical. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Yeah, I like the idea of like clawing back. Um, you can do that in a cobra as well, and like, um, like claw your hands towards your hips in cobra or up dog. Yeah, and you'll feel your thoracic spine shoot forward. Yeah, pop. Yeah. Um, I just find within my body because of my shoulder flexibility, I have a lot of protraction and retraction. So. If I go, so I'm in Chaturanga, I go all the way down to the belly. I'm laying on my belly. I'm on the mat. And then I set up my hands underneath the shoulders more or less. Um, and then I push all the way up, engage core, engage tops of feet. And then I push all the way up into up dog. Um, 
I can pull my shoulders behind my wrists or I can leave them on top of my wrists into neutral. Hmm. You can pull your shoulders behind your wrists? Yeah. Like just your by shoulder. Retracting. Are you talking more about the blades, like your shoulder blades or the head of your humerus? Yeah, the shoulder blades. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. That's like, yes. that's kind of ideal. Like I'm definitely pulling my shoulders back to what's going to work with the muscles that are creating thoracic extension. Yeah, like that they go, little they go bit together. of retraction. Yeah. yeah, retraction and then thoracic extension. Um, Yeah, I just wonder. So yeah, like for me with the ability to go so, so so much <laughs> you know there's like more range there mm-hmm. um because there's lack of stiffness stiffness um especially when i'm really warm should i be doing that should i be pulling them back should you be retracting yeah to maximum or just retracting a little bit i almost have to get on the ground and do this just to see i, th- I feel like i i should only do it a little bit because there's also weight bearing and whenever there's weight bearing, we want a little bit of scapula stability and we want a little bit of protraction, right? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see next time you do it, when you're talking scapular stability, the retraction will work into that, but also the serratus anterior, more like that side of your body, pulling your shoulder blade flat onto your back. Um, that would come kind of with like the pushing of your hands down. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can yeah. find both of those, like a shoulder blades moving inward, and again they don't like not like squeezing to touch, but moving onto your back, mm-hmm. and then really pushing through your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can kind of I can kind of feel it. Like if I just do back bend with my arms straight, pushing my hands down, mm-hmm. it's like you're squeezing that area between your upper arm and your ribs. Okay. As you push your hands down, but shoulder blades are going back a little bit. Yeah. I can I can engage my serratus anterior that way without weight bearing because I've practiced it a lot. Um, yeah. You can feel it just like... Zip on. Yeah. And yeah. That, that'll put your shoulders in, in a good place. Good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like, yeah, I don't think I should be... I don't think anyone should be, especially like the hyper-flexible types, shouldn't be retracting fully. Um, just a little bit in order to get thoracic. So enough retraction for thoracic lift without fully pulling the shoulder blades to squeeze together. Like you're squeezing a pencil between the shoulder blades. Yeah. You good with that? <laughs> I can't hear you right now. Oh no, you can't hear me. Okay, there Hello? there you are. Okay, Hello? sorry. Sorry, what was, oh, the, okay. what was the last thing you uh, said? Oh, I was just saying like, yeah, I think the the... I think it's like a the like many things a balance of um, retracting enough to get thoracic lift, <clears throat> but not so much that your shoulder blades are squeezing together as if they're going to hold a pencil between them. I'm wondering if in bodies like yours where you really can move your shoulders back, does that does that cause a hyperextension or more of a locking in your elbow? So would you see it in your elbow? Nope. No, I don't think so. I, I can move my shoulders irrespective of the, the bend in my elbow. Okay. Yeah, I, that, whether they're straight or not. That would be something I'm looking at if I'm looking at someone's upper dog. If like, um, 
their arms are straight and they because so like sorry the soft the inner part of your elbow your elbow pit Mm -hmm. is kind of forward forward or a little bit in um if that's kind of popping forward yeah and that could either pop the shoulder forward or pop it back too much yeah yeah that's just like something as a teacher if I saw that yeah I would probably cue them into cobra more and they'd probably hate me (laughs) yeah yeah and cobras i i find i usually do a few cobras before i do up dogs anyway it's a good prep i teach it that way and i practice it that way for sure yeah it just it just feels better in my body i know i can do up dog there's no rushing getting there i'm gonna get enough Mm -hmm. of them i've Mm -hmm. learned to move my body more skillfully by practicing cobra first Yeah, yeah yeah for sure you can feel those muscles mm-hmm. turn on a little bit better. Um, so when you see, like, what what would be, like, the worst up dog you've seen? <laughs> um, oh, almost starting in the ankles. With, a, with Yeah, with, um, with an unstraight ankle. So sickling of the ankles where your toes are closer together and the outer ankles bulging out. Because you're and, putting like yeah. a lot of your weight on your feet and then lifting up from there. Like that's a nasty one that I that I see. Also another reason why I kind of walk our walk my feet when I flip them. I flip one at a time instead of doing the roll because I find doing the roll takes a lot of ankle stability and strength. Mm. So if it's not there for me, I'm gonna I have a hard time like going straight over and I notice my outer ankles go out to the side. And it's hard mm-hmm. getting them back in. And maybe I can get them back in, but it's just that movement, that transition of really bulging your ankles out mm-hmm. and pushing into the ligaments of the outer ankle. Um, that's I mean, a, Yeah, that's another area where cobra, because then with cobra, you're not lifting so high. So there's less things to think about. And then you can like set your feet in cobra and just sort of like teach that, oh, we maintain the feet straight, like the toes behind the heel, um, the feet themselves straight out of the ankles. Um within an up dog so the cobra and the up dog for the feet are very similar yeah yeah Mm -hmm. totally um so there's that that's yeah that's really common yeah Yeah. um and then just pushing up through your hands where you're not using much awareness for your upper back arms and you're just stacking bones and it's like pelvis is close to the floor and you see like that almost 90 degree curve in the lower back and then you can just see it through the through the upper back like um I mean even if your upper back is flat you could probably have a good amount of thoracic extension just that's that's the reality of what's going on in your bones but but still like you'll see almost like a curve the opposite way like really no back bend in the upper back you want to see yeah. that attempt of moving the shoulders back yeah. um and the- yeah I think yeah just to clarify that so you're saying that there's almost like a hinge in the low back where um, the back bend is mostly coming from or almost 100% coming from the low back. And then the natural um, kephotic curve of the thoracic spine. So the thoracic spine, like the bones themselves, they naturally um, puff backwards and that's natural. Um, and you're saying that that doesn't change or if it changes, it just goes to straight. Um, and the fact that if you take a cathodic natural curve and you take that to straight, that's already extension in the in the cathodic curve, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Saying, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think just to clarify that, like we're not talking about like a 
a a back bend from a perfectly vertical straight spine like not not like everything stacked because the spine doesn't work like that the spine has natural curves and so it's from the reference point of a natural curve not from the reference point of visually straight right did i get that right did i lose you hello <laughs> not not okay there you are oh my gosh Hi. this is like <laughs> i just this is gonna test my patience this morning because all of our patience is <laughs> it's like almost every time you talk when you start talking I can't hear you and then I hear you at the end and then that one I didn't hear you at the end but now I hear you um oh, no. but I did hear you when you were talking about thoracic extension and that's exactly what I meant yes okay yeah cool mm -hmm. cool okay so keep going on on that because you were saying something um about like where to see it so sickling of the ankles dumping into the lower back no work being done in the upper back, the thoracic spine. Um, and you can commonly see together the the work of trying to extend your thoracic spine in the person's neck. So, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing to look up when you do upper dog. You can look forward and practice a lot of neck stability. You can look up and practice that as well. Like, that's fine. I think with repetition and the amount that you're pushing into that, there could be issues, but it's a safe movement in general. So sometimes you'll see that extreme lumbar um, extension with a big neck extension and kind of pushing the throat forward and neck just like in a 90 degree staring up at the ceiling or like really lifting the chin and tossing your head back, those things together. Um, in my body, because I know that I work at a desk a lot and I'm kind of in my day-to-day -day posture like I tend to creep my head forward um it's just hard when you're looking at a screen not to do that I usually practice my up dog looking forward and really drawing my jaw up and back and lifting from the base of my skull so I'm getting a lot of length more through or extension through length rather than as much curve as I can and then once in a while I'll do a more like looking up and stretch the front of my neck, but now can you hear me? Shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I yeah. can hear you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just listening. <laughs> um, I wanted you to talk more about the neck. I find that really fascinating. Yeah. So the neck is, it's tricky because teachers cue it all different ways. Again, I don't think it's bad to lift your chin or move your neck. That's what it's, it's kind of meant it's I don't know created that way for a shitload of movement um but the more you kind of move your chin forward and up I'm just doing it right now <laughs> you're creating like you can imagine people teachers talk about like back bending like imagine yourself like back bending over a ball or something like that like one of those big ab balls and you want everything to be even. So I guess I could think about it. If you're just tossing your chin forward and up, you're like, your, your neck is doing a back bend. It's doing extension over like a really tiny ball. And you, maybe you want, you, I think it's more ideal to get more space between your, each vertebra. So imagine doing it over a larger ball. So to get over a larger ball, you have to kind of like lift up <laughs> to the base of your skull and then lean it back. Does that make sense to you at all? Yeah, it does. Okay. I just want, I kind of wanted to like hear a little bit 
of the cueing. So if you if you do see someone who's just like you said, tossed their head back, thrown it back uh, willy nilly, what would you say to them? Okay, so I'd say look forward. Yeah. Um, draw the base of your skull up and back and move your ears away from your shoulders in like up in space as much as you can. So lift, 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 lift up. That kind of moves your chin in closer to your throat. You're getting like a lot of length through the back of your neck. And then mm. if you want to look up, keep the base of your skull back and look upward. But I wouldn't, mm. I don't even know. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just trying what to. What do you mean? It would be like it's like a slow and controlled movement. It's not just, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of that, like whipping your chin up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You almost want to like point your chin like diagonally up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not not point it to the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like how far you can get your head. Excuse me. Now I'm yawning and <clears throat> and my throat's scratchy. Whee. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> you're a mess <laughs> um yeah no I think that was really good I think the neck position um also it, it's like you said it's like a compensation sometimes for someone who who's like yeah I'm, my chest is forward but really it's just their head is thrown back and their chest isn't um as active as maybe it could be um so I think all that shoulder stuff we were setting up before because the shoulder and the chest are connected you can really you can really um expand the chest uh, when you think about the shoulders a little bit going back and then pushing down without locking out your elbows mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 I think that's good yeah that's a good it's a pretty damn active up dog <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of work that pose <clears throat> if you have awareness about like where you're bending like all the way mm-hmm. from the your feet your hands, your arm, like, yeah, it's, it's intense. Um, mm. I'm trying to think, like, some teachers cue, I find this one a problem in my body, um, to create more engagement and awareness in the legs and hips to mm-hmm. push the tops of your feet down and pull them forward a little bit. So this yeah. would be helpful for more flexible body, well, maybe anybody, it just creating more ankle stability, I think, I think is the purpose of the cue. Um, I feel like that cue is, is non-specific enough for me because you can pull forward from your hands and you can pull forward from your hips. So how would you, well, how would you pull forward? Well, it's like you're actually dragging the tops of your feet more forward to create a little bit of a bend in your ankle instead of it being super, super flat. Um, oh, yeah, I see. That one. Okay. And then uh-huh. that's going to engage the front line of your legs. So your quads turn on a little bit more. But I'm trying to think where where I have an issue with it is it takes me out of the ability to maintain that transversus abdominis engagement and rectus abdominis strength for some reason it's like engaging front line but then my rectus abdominis it where 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 my hips come into play like where my lower back comes into play it's like then the opposite on the switches to the back side of my body and it makes me just dump into my lower back more huh. like it's really hard for me to do both of those things so maybe it's just something i, I need to yeah. work on maybe other bodies can do it just fine but that cue 
I don't yeah. know. Not my favorite, but I see the purpose of it. So yeah, if you're using that, just investigate in your own body and notice students' bodies what's happening, I think. Well, okay. I, I've i never heard it and I've never done it. So I, I don't really know how it would feel in my body. But what what's the purpose of giving that cue? I think it's more ankle stability. Ankle stability. But if you push down through your feet, won't you get that? You should, yeah, you will. But it's, yeah, I don't know. Not my fave. It's sort of like, it's like you're introducing dorsiflexion in extreme plantar flexion. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should do it, but not actually move the bones of your feet if you're going to do it. Yeah. I think because I feel that like it's sort of like the co-contraction, right? You want to contract both sides of the joint, which I understand, which is like, that's genius. But if it changes the shape of your foot, then it's going to change, like you said, the interaction of the frontline fascia. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's have you tr- Have you tried it without actually changing the shape of your foot? Yeah. And it still is, it just mm. changes what my lower back is doing. Still inter- like changes the interplay. Interesting. Yeah. I'll, huh. I'll play around with it a little more at home. It's, it's hard to, like you said, because up dog is done more like one breath. Even if you take it slow, it's, you're kind of not there for long. Mm. Um, so it's hard for me to play with it, but I'll maybe investigate at home. And if you're a teacher who cues that way and it does something specific in your body, like drop us a note um you can comment on our website or comment send us a dm on our instagram it's probably the easiest way it's nat and sandy yoga i'm really honestly interested in in like where it comes from and like i see some purpose of it but i don't see the having to do that like intensely every time you do it yeah like it theoretically makes sense with like the co-contraction of both sides of the joint but it also doesn't for some reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also think that like up dog really sucks for people who have poor ankle mobility. Um, like I've when I've taught in corporates, even just like sitting kind of like Virasana style on your ankles and having your ankle on the top of your foot flat, like is people like you can see in their skin like it's tight. You can almost see the tightness of the fascia and all the way into their like superficial skin that like bending that way or or extending kind of like it's tight and it's not gonna just get worked out in one pose yeah like it feels like my skin is super tight like I just can't do it because yeah body's ever been in that position for 45 50 years right yeah yeah so doing up dog putting all of your weight into your ankles like that can be Mm -hmm. a lot um so notice that in your students especially have students that are more experienced in life, (laughs) older. I mean, like (laughs) age doesn't really have anything to do with it. You could just be like, you could be young and you could be a triathlete or you could just, yeah, it's tight. Yeah. It doesn't really, age doesn't matter too much, but you might see it more in older bodies maybe. Um, Yeah. So give them Cobra, like don't push upper dog on people. Yeah, I know. It's such a, it's such a funny pose, eh? Yeah. if when you look at the Ashtanga sequence, it's it's right there, Sun A. You do it right away. Yeah, yeah. Not crazy. It's crazy, and it feels like it is. Whenever I do morning yoga, which is that's mm. usually when I'm practicing, um, and if a teacher just right away says Chaturanga Up Dog, there's like no mm. way in hell that I'm doing that. Um, 
I could physically do it, but it doesn't feel good to me in my body. Yeah. And I just yeah. kind of feel for the rest of the students. Like you can yeah. very easily offer both Cobra or Updog. Yeah. Just say yeah. that. Um, I also like to cue the first couple so people have some awareness to some part of their body. It's my preference yeah. anyways. My preference in the mornings is to do like circle the joints. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. just get blood flowing in, in some way. And, and probably the best way I can think of is that like nice loose circles, lay on your back, circle your ankles, circle your arms, circle your wrists. And then like maybe do a low lunge and circle your shoulders around. I don't know. I mean, I'm really loose with that. Like, <laughs> I like that because when you're doing, especially talking about up dog, when you're doing that much extension in your spine, mm. it's really helpful to have movement in all directions first. Like twists yeah. are amazing for extension. If you're doing a huge backbending class in general, like you're going to want to put a ton of twists in there. Yeah, exactly. And forward bends as well. Yeah, like yeah. just moving your spine in all the directions. Yeah, and getting all those tissues like mm-hmm. moving and sliding and hydrated and warm. Yeah. I think that's the thing with sun salutations. They're all one plane they're all forward and back. Yeah. Yeah, which that'll that's just gonna limit you. You're just not gonna be warm and side to sides or, you know, rotation. Yeah, more and more they feel not good to me doing more than like a couple in first thing in practice. Like I need to put a twist in there, put a twisted lunge in the middle of it for it to feel yeah. good, good fast. Um, maybe like I'd like to talk to a beginner and be in a beginner's body again because I think maybe just the complexity of forward bending and, and back bending a little bit like in your thoracic, doing cobra more, feels really good for a person who's just not done that period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, because actually, yeah, forward bending and back bending, it, it, it does take you into that kind of range, which isn't a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like knowing what we know, we can do better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, I do get the, the basicness of a, a sun cell. Like it's not overwhelming. Like you don't have to think too much about it once you have that patterning. Um, there's probably more of a nervous system component to that. Um, people like to just do them over and over and over again, like prayer-like. Mm. But you can you can jazz it up without it being too complex or too jazzy, and you can put, like I said, a twisted lunge in there, or a little side bend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, know your know your students, I guess, and what what you're teaching, the purpose of what you're teaching. Yeah, you know the the moon salutations people do. Yeah, yeah. Where do those come from? I like them. Um, from India. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just I, I don't know what lineage they come from because I I did so much Ashtanga I I didn't never really like looked into it but I, I really like them yeah they're good yeah yeah they're just like interspersed with a lunge mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like which them. is really nice yeah you get off your hands and there's another chance to like lift your chest up yeah I'm totally down with like a lunge in that stuff yeah me too I get like I have to watch myself 
if it's like 15 minutes into a class, we haven't done a lunge or a side bend or a twist, which is like, I've been to a couple classes like that. And it's a one hour oh, class. Man. I'm like getting angry and having to check myself or like, I'm not, ang- I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a high tempered person. Like my, <laughs> start throwing blocks. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? No, my, use the straps for bad purposes. <laughs> oh God, not. <laughs> my anger is like relative. Like I'm pretty, it's pretty temp. I just like notice in my head, like, come on, like put a twist in here or something. But I mean, that's me. It's my body. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll, just not go to that class and do a home practice the next week and then Mm. go back and check myself Um, yeah 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 if you're gonna go go ready to accept what is offered in a way yeah totally yeah which is tough though sometimes yeah yeah and it's like I'm grateful Mm. for not having to think about what I'm doing that's what I want um Mm -hmm. but at the same time then when you're when you're just like okay we're 15 minutes in. I'm not feeling good. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I did a class. Um, I did a class without a side bend for an a- for the entire hour. It that's a killer for you, eh? It's just like I can't. I it's kind of crazy, but I mean, <laughs> I'm probably I probably I don't know. I can't say that I've never done that, but I just in that experience feels not great in my body. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's, let's talk about quickly, uh, low back pain and up dog. Okay. I'm trying to think because I feel like people have really different experiences. Mm. Yeah. So if just in general, like if someone were to come into your class and be like, yeah, I suffer from, you know, chronic low back pain. It's off and on. It comes and it goes. I haven't seen anyone because I don't have any insurance to go see a doctor or anything. Um, but I heard yoga would help. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm probably not going to cue them into up dog. <laughs> well, okay. Like, so, so having met this person, knowing nothing about them, when... I think of low back pain, I think of the potential for poor abdominal stability or, or engagement in general, um, mm. whether that be by patterning or by trauma, like muscles get turned off in trauma and mm-hmm. some muscles get turned on to work too, too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in like in a studio class, this is difficult, but I would definitely cue them just into Cobra and maybe even just like baby cobra, like not even pushing through your hands, but just um, people do like hover the hands, more like a shalabhasana type thing, but really Mm -hmm. gentle, a lot of awareness to their core. So keeping their lower ribs in and a lot of awareness to where their pelvis is in space. Um, But I don't think I'd cue them into a heavy backbend in their lumbar spine i know some people though who have some back pain and these are very um heavy exercisers like the people that are running around the mountains all the time yeah and (laughs) so it's kind of different if you're dealing with a body who that's in pain and doesn't move and one that's in pain because they do move a ton yeah some of those people who move around a ton they love back bends yeah. It looks different in their body. It's not really even extending a ton in their lumbar because they're because mm-hmm. they're more they have more stiff right their their tissues are stiff and they're 
kind of protecting how much your spine can move, like a lot of stiff fascia and mm-hmm. muscle tension to protect them. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> this is the stuff that like gets me wanting to teach privates more. Like someone says that into your class and it's like, okay, I changed like on the spot, literally the entire way my class is taught because yeah. of this one person. Cause I don't want, yeah. and, and it's an issue with group classes with people coming in with, with pain yeah. to, to not. Um, but yeah, I'd probably be like, okay, like let's just for this class, stay away from back bends and I'll give you some alternatives when we're doing that. Yeah. I think, I think like the, the, entry point i would say is is how does their cat cow feel yeah yeah that's really if, good if they yeah if they can't cat cow without like a shitload of pain i'd just be like yeah i don't think you're ready for exercise yet um go see a doctor and clear it from the doctor because cat cow is pretty it's supported right it's pretty damn supported mm-hmm. yeah and you can you can push you have the support of your hands and your knees um but if they're able to do a cat cow without any pain, cat cow is a good replacement for a vinyasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you that's can always a perfect replacement. Yeah, you can offer that as a replacement and then child's pose or just stay in tabletop um, for down dog if down dog is also an issue, depending on the back pain. Um, but yeah, I think just like non villainizing movement is is a is a good way to go without getting too cerebral into like how can I help this one person in this one specific case of their back pain knowing their history um, or not knowing their history Um, so yeah I think just like non-villainizing movement cueing for awareness cueing for staying away from pain or even precursors of pain um, and then just a little bit of education of like here are alternatives if the pain starts to creep in um, and then to notice the whole idea of like 24 hours after a stimulus like a yoga class is a really good time to begin to think about whether that yoga class or that activity or that exercise was appropriate for your body. And you can sort of tell after a night of sleep how your body is feeling afterwards, whether it's a little bit more um, sensitive and the pain comes easier um, or if it feels like you have more resilience, like there's there's more things you can do that don't trigger the pain anymore um then you know you're on the right track so i think it's about yeah it's that those are like as a yoga teacher things that we can pretty pretty easily begin to see within a group setting um and begin to really help people deal with um whatever the pain is whether it's in the wrist or in the back Uh, wrist is a little bit harder because there's even like cat cow is weight bearing on the wrists um and up dog even more so weight bearing on the wrists um but yeah there are there are ways that we can adjust for that yeah can you i really yeah. like that oh you you heard me i could hear you yeah i could hear you for oh that. yay most oh, of amazing. it actually <laughs> and now i can't hear you but okay. anyways um oh man it keeps saying my internet connection is unstable like what the what the heck guys um okay so i'll just add on to that we didn't really, or I didn't mention forward folding when I, when you were asking me that question, because I, well, for one thing, when this person comes in <clears throat> voice hoy, and um, says that they have lower back or back pain, I, I think they would probably, you, you could very just quickly ask them, do you have more back pain? You notice like when you bend forward or because usually there's few movements in our life where we're bending backwards. So usually people know like if they bend forward, if that's causing the pain. Um, and I feel like it's 
it's not going to not happen, but I feel it's going to be less common for people with forward bending pain to come in because that could more so point towards a disc issue, um, a pressing of your disc on, on some of the nerves there. And that pain is pretty sharp and specific and is very loudly telling your body to not move in that way. Um, but again, but you could get people with all different types of pain tolerance that still um, are not sure what that signal is telling them and, and think moving is good and coming into a yoga class. Like you could definitely get people with disc issues coming into yoga class. So you would ask them if forward bending causes pain or if they know they have any disc issues, if they have prior disc herniation or bulging issues. Um, but yeah, I think what you said is good with the cat cow is, is using that. And to, to not like instill fear in them, like, okay, like, yeah, you shouldn't bend backward or, oh, you shouldn't bend forward or twist or sideways or anything like that. Just like notice how this movement feels. And if we're doing movements, uh, like in similar shapes, then I'll give you an alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Also having that freedom, like wave me over, let me know. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an alternative like that, that that's okay to do even in a group setting, like wave me over, you know, raise your hand up. Yeah. And I think even talking to people, if you've had that experience in your body, um, there's, there's a way to kind of connect and instill some, have them instill some trust in you. Um, Mm. and I mean, if you don't, if you never had that experience in your body, don't like be like, yeah, I've had back pain too, but, or you can yeah. even say, like, I had a student last week that was talking about the same thing, and um, she was, um, yeah, she experienced, like, in her cat or her cow, a little more pain, so she was modifying her vinyasa, and this way you could show them, um, mm-hmm. but just notice, like, how your body is feeling. There's a ton of options in yoga, basically, and they might be like, okay, yeah, I'm not so scared to come in, and, like, at any time, yeah. if anything feels inappropriate, just, like, lie down, you always got... yeah and lie down shavasana like child's pose if it feels good in back pain that may or may not feel good yeah 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 it's interesting yeah like even if a cat cow is painful that that just goes to show yeah there's a lot of guarding and a lot of tissue that might not be healed yet or nervous system that's not ready yet oh yeah there you that's are. it's tough <laughs> oh i just said that yeah there's like the the whole little test that we're talking about like if your cat cow is painful um yeah it's tough it's tough to be doing all the other stuff yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think yeah, of, if there's anything else in updog that i want to talk to because usually we do these and then like an hour later i'm like oh man i should have mentioned that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about some poses just forever. I know. We didn't really even talk about the psoas or the hip flexors in Updog. No. Um, yeah, so that awareness of your pelvis in space is pretty important. Yeah. Um, you'll, you're going to get, like I talked about, the feeling of me dumping into my lower back or like a lot of extension in my lumbar spine. So for me, I have to think about the top of my hips lifting away from the floor and... Um, I guess the cue that comes to mind is like lengthening my tailbone or kind of pushing my pubic bone forward. Mm-hmm. That that posterior tilt of the pelvis is also going to engage my lower rectus mm-hmm. abdominis to do a lot of support there. Yeah. And remember, it's it's posterior tilt relative to her neutral. Yeah. 
So yeah, we're not talking about like round your low back in up dog. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. it's too much, too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just to create more space in your in your lumbar spine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ankles. I'm trying to think. We did neck. We talked about wrists and arms. Cueing from upward dog to chaturanga. This, that's a fun one for Ooh, intermediate classes. That's fun. How do you yeah, how do you do it? Fun. Do you just do you just say like bend your elbows, move your chest forward, or um? Usually the first time I'll be like knees down, draw your belly button up, straighten through your spine, and then bend your elbows into chaturanga. And then I'll do like okay, now try it with your knees up off the ground. Okay, so knees down, keep your mm-hmm. belly lifted. So from up yeah, dog. lift your yeah from up dog knees down, lift your belly button up even more mm-hmm. until your back is straight. I'll just say that for like um, ease of speaking quickly, and then bend your elbows, chaturanga. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Do, How do you do it? Um, I think I cue. I don't think I cue them knees down first, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> well, I yeah. feel like just for the first time, it might. Um, in some people's bodies, because up dog is almost less, it's less of a extension, back extension, than cobra, if you're going all the way up full cobra arm straight. So mm, from the yes. up dog, if you're then bringing your knees down, are you bending your elbows as you lower that so that you're not just putting more curve into your back? Um, As you put your knees down. As you put your knees down, yeah, bending your elbows. I feel like in your body, you can do it. Yeah, I feel like it's more important when you put the knees down that the belly button comes up and you straighten your back, regardless of what the arms are doing. Okay, so you're lifting your hips. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd probably say lift the hips because belly button back. Yeah, no, it does, it does go in the same direction, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just It's like how much of that direction. Yeah, so you're putting the yeah. knees down, <laughs> then you're lifting your hips away from the ground. Bending your mm-hmm. elbows, chest forward and down. Yeah. yeah, but but you could do it. You could do it with like knees down and elbows bent. But I feel like something has to be said about the position of your back. Okay, so I'll just quickly go through my cueing for that. I Yeah, I've never done it with the knees down, but that's really interesting. And I'm going to try that. So thank you. Um, I've just mm, got people to like flip their feet and then have a lot of awareness through their belly and their hips. So Keep your hips lifted as you start to bend your elbows and move your chest down. Chaturanga. I'd have to say chaturanga. Huh. It's hard to cue it and make it sound like it is. Okay, so flip. Yeah. (laughs) Flip your toes under. Mm -hmm. Um, Squeeze your thighs and lift your pelvis just about three inches bend your elbows and lower your chest chaturanga huh something like that okay it's been a while since i keyed into it but yeah it's probably it might even be one that i would depending on the class depending on the um experience of the class something i might just show first it might just be easier Oh, heck, depending on the experience of the class, sometimes you can just say up dog chaturanga. You don't even have to say anything. Totally, totally. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that first time cueing, people are like, what? I mean, if you've, but if you've done, if you've gone through the class and you're thinking people are, they have the strength to do it, then they know what chaturanga is. 
Exactly. So you're yeah. be like, okay, this time, listen, we're going back to Chaturanga. What I want you to do is come down to your knees, lift your hips a couple inches, bend your elbows, lower your chest. Yeah. And then maybe straighten yeah, exactly. your legs, lift your knees. Yeah. Once you're done setting up the upper body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, there's a lot of ways you can do it. It's almost like you can choose to set the upper body first in Chaturanga or the lower body mm-hmm. first in Chaturanga. And then you just play with like how you transition from there. Yeah. That's part one of the things I love about yoga. So many different, different ways of doing things. Yeah. And it's just loading the body differently. Um, yeah. Setting people up for success because some bodies are going to have easier time doing the legs first and others the arms first. Exactly. There's no yeah. right way to do it. No, no, there really isn't. And that like it just goes to show that we should be trying a whole bunch of things, right? Mm-hmm. More variety. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, now I can hear you just fine. What the heck? So strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any last thing you want to say about Updog? Mm, no, I think I pretty much said it. Well, that, that's what I think right now until I think of something later. But yeah. what about you? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. I think like the shoulders we got, the feet is a huge thing. Low back we touched on. Um, there's probably more we can say about the low back and the hips, but I think in general you got, you nailed it. Um, yeah, I think I'm good. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if we should tell people to follow us on Instagram because we're going to have a giveaway in a couple weeks. <gasps> Ooh, Do you want to go over that? That's right. Um yeah, so in a in a couple of weeks. Oh, I don't want to spill the beans too much. But yes, yeah, I'm not too sure exactly the dates, but do follow us on Instagram. We're going to hold an Instagram t- uh, contest and we're going to give away a book. Mm-hmm. I don't want to... Should I release? No, no. We'll just make it a surprise, right? Mm, I don't know. I'm easy either way. Yeah, let's leave it as a surprise. So there's a giveaway of a book. It's not it's not Nat we'll or my next episode book. or something. But yeah, it's gonna be Yeah, I think so. It's gonna be fun. Oh, sorry. My internet connection is unstable again. Okay, okay. We're gonna sign off because this is gonna be this is like the worst thing for you guys to listen to and for me to edit, and Nat is just frustrated. Um so thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate comments. Um positive reviews on apple podcasts or spotify or stitcher wherever you get your podcasts um it really does make a difference in helping us stay motivated (laughs) and keeping all this work up thank you so much for listening guys